What's up, everybody? We're back. This is the Assholes in Headphones podcast. And this week, we talk about the album Horizons by the band Starset and the album What It Is to Burn by Finch from back in 2002. Yeah, so uh, bust out your jerbos. Wait, that's too far back. <laughs> Don't do that. Take notes because we said a lot on this one. Yeah, it gets fun. It gets a little derailed and there's some stories, but, you know, bear with us. Yeah, it's a good one. So. Thanks for listening. Are you awake? Welcome back, everybody. Yo. That was Finch. Finch. Yeah, Finchy Finch. Project Mayhem. If you were alive in 2000, early, any of those, you knew, you know those guys. Ooh, fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. (laughs) So, Finch was my choice this week. um, Yeah. Which was in stark contrast to your choice. Yeah. Ryan. Both interesting choices. (laughs) Really? Uh, I don't feel like either one of them got, you know, too heavy these last two weeks. No. Um, Full disclosure before we get into it, because I don't want to, I'm going to sound like a dick a lot during this episode. Cool. Definitely going to own up to the asshole and headphones thing. Okay. Uh, Your album was hot trash. And (laughs) (laughs) if you're a fan of that band, to really, really reevaluate your life. (laughs) What the actual fuck is that band about? Starset. Explain. Well, explain to me. Wh- I where don't you came really from with know. It. Uh, I didn't listen. They have like what three albums before this one? I think they have three albums before this one. Okay. I didn't listen to any one of those. This one, I just. I don't even know how it came found across. It. Yeah, it was just a thing that just came across, and then I found out. I learned that. Uh, they do these weird kind of planetarium shows, which I thought was kind of cool. Okay. And I listened to, <clears throat> really, I just listened to the album and I didn't really like break it down. I was still, I'm still in the, I'm still in the honeymoon stage of this thing. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah, I have to agree after really giving it more time and like dissecting it. Not as much as I was thinking, <laughs> but I think that was kind of interesting. Like, um, there's violinists, there's cellos, there's keyboards, there's guitars, right? There's drums. There's like a whole orchestra section. Um, how the album was set up to where the end of every song <clears throat> ends, but then there's like they introduced the following song at the end of the previous song, right? It's a little kind of weird, but I think. encourages you to listen to the thing as a whole and not track by track because you get confused. Right. Um, Which got me. Also, I read that they're, I've never seen them live, but I read that their live shows can be an hour and a half to two hours long on these like planetarium shows, which means they're getting really, I'm sure they elaborate a lot on this stuff. So I think the thing that got me mainly with this album when I first heard it was, the i or the feeling of they're just for me sonically painting a picture of space like i felt like i was floating okay through space a lot i felt like 
<clears throat> there's the little one-liners that come out that we're always talking about, like on Earth Rise. Just the idea of watching the Earth rise kind of got me. Like just being out and about, and it's quiet, and you're seeing that come up instead of the sun or the moon or whatever the right. fuck it is. Um, being outside of that, <clears throat> and I don't know. It just had me in this weird kind of like a lucid dreamy type floaty weird thing. Now maybe I was just in the right kind of headspace to listen to this thing every single time. Cause like I mentioned to you yesterday, <laughs> if it's in the middle of the day and you're like the sun shining, you're outside doing shit and you try to watch like it's, it doesn't fit. <laughs> like, like I said, you want to blow your kneecaps off with a shotgun, like fucking take me away from this right now. Turn this off because I, it's bad. Yeah. Cause but, I, I did it. In the, <clears throat> I listened to it in the car a lot and, uh, Road rage. I was getting road rage. Yeah, <laughs> you were getting full on road rage. The, the music was giving me the rage, <laughs> and not like a pumped up rage. Like yeah. I'm listening to something I like. It was making me uh, like no, I felt I'm a lot. I'm of, going too far with. I my felt hate a lot of like Lincoln Parky vibes, yeah. like older Lincoln Parky. So but I, then when I when I looked into it too, um, and this is probably me just getting into my head and thinking that there's got to be something more to this that I'm just not, I'm not right. getting because you know, the, the lead singer who also plays keys, he does keys production and, uh, <clears throat> something else. Keys and production and guitar, I think. Oh, oh, and the soundboard. Yeah. He does. Well, isn't he a sings, do it all keys, soundboard and guitar and production this fucking guy holds a doctorate in electrical engineering from Ohio University. What? Did yeah. I miss that? Yeah, he has a doctorate from Ohio Uni Ohio University. He was been offered like many like um positions in leading age technology to to do this what he got a, his fucking doctorate for. But he said, "No, I'm going to play planetarium." Chose, he chose to 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 do these like space kind of vibe shows now when you really break it down i mean this is a love song album you know yeah definitely it's, it's a lot of a love song album but there are times in there when i think and i don't know for sure but <clears throat> there's there's a couple songs where i think like is he talking to a woman <laughs> or is he talking to like the planet or is he talking to the unit? Like, oh yeah, you were digging way really, you were digging too deep. Gets really <laughs> out there, but like songs like, um, oh, what the fuck was it? Annihilated love. Like he just got fucking wrecked by some chick on that one. You know, uh, my only note <laughs> on that song is so sad, so sad, <laughs> and it's spelled that way with like a thousand O's. That's it. So sad. He says you firebombed the memories one by one. <laughs> it just said, mine says this dude was wrecked by whoever this person was. I mean, it's like, so sad. <laughs> my poor life. Yeah, this is really Linkin Parky too. Very Chester-y. Yeah, there's a couple of these where, I don't know what song it is, but it's there's a specific song on like that newer album or the last couple albums of Linkin Park that I'm like, they must have fucking pulled this almost straight from it, you know? Well, Earthrise, you mentioned earlier, that was another one. That's the one where I actually have my Chester note. The intro okay. of uh, Earthrise is very, uh, you know, kind of Chester feel when he comes yeah. in. Yeah. Push my feet. 
Yeah. I mean, that note right there. Yeah, he, I mean, he's, he's almost vocally on point, too. Yeah. With the same, which is hard to do. I haven't heard a lot of people that sound like Chester, so. <laughs> right. You know? Well, in full yeah. disclosure, I have to say, after not really, I, I don't like the album. Right. And uh, I'm being a little overly aggressive, just to be funny. <laughs> but I do th- think that they're actually really good musicians. And the songwriting, I think, is really good. It's just too cheesy for me. Yeah. It's the sound. Like, I literally, like, don't have enough bandanas to wrap around the, my head. <laughs> right. Or affliction attire to go <laughs> to this concert or, you know, really feel like a f- true fan. Yeah. It makes me wonder what their concerts are like, too, because I saw a couple pictures, like, when I was looking up, um, uh, dude, the, the lead singer, like, it's got pictures of him and he's got, like weird kind of face paint on Hmm. almost like smeared black around his eyes. And like, like, I don't know if it's, if it gets crazy theatrical, but if you're touring with like a cellist right, and a couple violinists and all this, I just, I, something just tells me that this live show in a planetarium would be fucking cool. I actually agree with you because I looked up a YouTube video on their page and you guys can go check it out of them performing live. Okay. And it, I, I, it pained me because I was like, Oh, that probably looks, that looks like a lot of fun. Right. But, but it was like all like, like the pan across the crowd in the front, you know, it was a pretty packed house. And that's like every dude with his arms wrapped around his girlfriend and she's like pushed up against the, you know, the stage, like the, the vibe at the show. I'm just like, nah, I'm out. See, and that's kind of funny because out of everything we've done to this point, when I was breaking this down, I even thought to myself, like, ah, this. I mean, every one of these songs is like a, <laughs> it's like a fucking Dawson's Creek episode. You know what I mean? And I thought maybe Pat's gonna find well, something yeah. in this, and because I should, there's and like all, a lot of you know, on like, all accounts, it's the same shit. This, this when we get to Finch, it's really the same. I right. mean, his is a love slash breakup album, right? Like that little Nate Barkalo. Like Jesus, bud. <laughs> I went back and listened. To, you know, we'll get to that. Yeah. I, I don't want to jump ahead of myself, okay. but yeah, I think you're right because you know, always said, you know, you're you've said I like the, you know, the emo shit. The yeah, and the, and that's not like is neither here nor there as far as like a person is concerned. But there's like, um, certain bands that just write from that point of view all the time. But, yeah, and I guess you can dive into a little bit more like maybe i was just and then that that's me probably just looking like ah there's got the dude's got a fucking doctorate he's got to be talking about something (laughs) a little bit more than just heartbreak you know what i mean is what i was looking for looking for but the guy the lead singer has a faux hawk dude don't he he does not getting too deep here fucking faux hawk so i (laughs) but i did think it was cool how during those end sequences like the song ends every song ends pretty abruptly but then it just Goes the track right. continues into the end of the track is the intro to the following track. Um, like on Annihilated Love, for example, the end of Annihilated Love is actually um, a poem by uh, an author called, her name is Sarah Teasdale, I want to say. Teasdale. I've heard that name. Teasdale, Sarah Teasdale. Um, the poem is called Alchemy. And so the following track is called alchemy Alchemy. but they they ended that with uh that poem by her it's super simple quick and easy 
spring lifts up, a yellow daisy to the rain. My heart will be a lovely cup, although it holds but pain. For I shall learn from flower and leaf that color every drop they hold. Change the lifeless wine of grief to living gold. It's a. Uh, I mean, I, I and that's that's what I like about. Like, I'm very conflicted about it. Again, I came in with a very generic <laughs> this response. Like, garbage. Fuck, it's garbage. <laughs> yeah, but I was conflicted almost the entire time because there's there's elements of it that are so actually really good. I do think they're really, like I said, they're really good musicians. So, and some of the songwriting is really good. Some of the lyrics are really good. And there are a couple songs I actually genuinely really do like. Yeah, and conceptually, I think there is... that Conceptually is what got me, I guess, to go back to that word sonic, like they use a lot. Like sonically, the concept of this album and the, the cover art looking all spacey, the sound of the album right. and everything, like the the concept of the whole thing really kind of put me in this like the name star set the, the way it looks like okay i'm fucking going on a I'm gonna, journey I'm on gonna... this one you know what i mean and i <clears throat> admittedly i didn't even really pay attention to the lyrics until we really got into it for this cast which is half the reason i i uh decided to do it this when we started this podcast this was the first album that i put on the my playlist that I was saving albums to. Ah. I was like, cause I had just found it. Okay. I was like, oh fuck. Let's dive into that one. That was kind of cool. And then of course, like I got tied up in other things, right. but I always have meant to like come back to this because it just seems like a band that, like you said, musically is there's, it's thick is what I like to say. It's like, there's, it's got some density to it. Like there's a lot of things you could break down. There's enough complexity there where it's not just like a three piece band. Yeah. Punk band. It was, it was interesting to me because he's got like, like it almost has the same amount of sound or fullness as like a periphery album, that periphery album, but it's getting it with full on orchestra type things without, and and synth and all this other stuff without just the chuggy guitar right and you know the it's, 27 it's periphery, guitar periphery goes pop yeah or <laughs> something like that you know and they they go pop with a, a lot less poignant things to talk about <laughs> well yeah it's definitely not as many layers as yeah. there is with periphery i mean right. it's a little more uh straightforward <laughs> um but yeah it's uh i mean i think i think they're they're worth a listen to i think but i don't know uh i don't know how far people want to dive into this but i do see just like you said when you watch the video like pretty packed house yeah like i read about i mean there's people that take out mortgages and like travel across the country to see these guys at the fucking uh at their planetarium shows you know like the tickets go go on sale and they're gone in a day if that you know a couple hours and it's just uh I don't know. It's definitely a vibe. <laughs> well, and it, it, it looks like quite the production from the, the little clip I watched. It yeah. was like, you're like, okay, yeah, I could see, you know, going to this show and being really pretty pumped. And yeah. I'm just being kind of a prick because I'm like, I don't like the fucking crowd. These people, fuck these people. <laughs> right. I don't want to be one of those people. It's like, yeah. it's total like bullshit on my part because I'd be like, look at how these fucking people are dressed. Ugh. 
See, and like I, I wasn't even thinking about that, but I actually have a note. So that last song, something wicked. So Ooh, it's got that was like good. it's got a couple lyrics in it that I thought were cool. Uh, the crucifix in my hands, a lie. Like the crucifix yeah. in my hand is a lie, because nothing ever kills you, and there's nothing that's alive or dead inside you or in this. So he's kind of like hearkening to like the laws of physics where matter can't be destroyed or created at any point. You know, the the crucifix is a lie because the religion is a lie because it's all made up and we're right. all like nothing is nothing is this. Nothing can kill you. Even when you die, everything that makes you up is Energy's still alive. forever. Yeah, and then you get into that whole like <clears throat> to bring it back to space um you know when you take a brain synapse and things like that the you see that in like happening and then you look at the universe it's like the exact same picture okay like, have you yeah, seen yeah. those things like uh -huh. you shrink it down as low as it'll go and then you blow it up as big as it'll go and like we got the same shit in us you know stardust is made of the same thing as we are so it kind of comes in that whole full circle but then it kind of got me because like that's all feeling really positive and then like the last couple lines of this it just ends with something them saying something wicked this way comes and it's fucking creepy and kind of like oh that's why i liked it kind of like a weird little what the fuck like is that a, it, it this was all kind of positive all kind of positive and every song up until this point would end and then you'd get like a little kind of ambient dragged on into like keeping you going and this one just fucking says something shitty's coming and it stops <laughs> and then the album's fucking over it, you know <laughs> it's weird because as a as a whole it, it's a standout for me like and the fact that it's the last track and it's you know it's a softer song that kind you of were builds like, you were like happy that it was over <laughs> I, well, <laughs> thank god the album's done <laughs> i think like i listened to it so many times through the couple weeks that we had this assigned to us mm -hmm. But it's a pretty long, fairly long album. Yeah, it's like 16 so, tracks or something. You know, like a lot that. of times you don't, you'll start the album and you never get to the end because yeah. you're driving your car, you're at work or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I don't know that I really heard it until I sat down to do my final notes. Yeah. Like it was actually heard the whole thing. So when I did, it was actually, you would think it was like, thank God it's over. But I was like, oh, fuck that. You know, finally. Mm -hmm. Something and, I can like grab onto. Totally. Uh, it's, it's <clears throat> uh, context wise, it's my favorite song. Like, okay. Like meat on the bones kind of song. Um, Endless Endeavor, I think, is the catchiest song that I would play the most. Yeah. Uh, it's I think just that might catchy. have been like a single, too. It's catchiest. I liked the... It's my favorite. I like the, the rhythm or the however, whatever you would say on the lyrical or the verse part of Tunnel Vision. Like, during the verses, I, I didn't make like a note of it, but it's got a really cool the way he's like singing it. I don't know. So it's funny. It's just little things like that that were like surface. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> and that's where I think it lost me because, you know, if you don't like something and it sounds like that thing, you, it, you it's like a turnoff for you. And at times it's like Breaking Benjamin fucked. Uh, what's that band from Provo? Imagine Dragons. Oh, shit. You know, like if, if, yeah. if, if, if Imagine Dragons and Breaking Benjamin, uh, you know, Breaking Benjamin yeah. had a band together. It, at times I felt like it would be there, this. I guess it could be that, yeah. And that was just the cheese factor. And so Tunnel Vision, that one, I, I just, it was the one that made me the most angry. It's, it's a, my least favorite song on the album. Just the I way, say, it's but just like, that cadence of that yeah, the chorus. Whole, the whole song itself, like, 
I, that one stands like if this if this album's playing in the background and that song comes on that chorus this is the one where i'm like shut the fuck up <laughs> and i just turn the I, yeah I switch the track you know what i mean 100 but when i'm listening to like that first part when he starts to come in like when he's singing i'm like oh well that's that's kind of catchy i like it but the chorus was a uh, oh, fuck dude. 10 kilotons yeah or whatever the fuck he says. Like, you said it too much <laughs> you said it too much so not to totally destroy um something wicked for everyone and like play everything but <laughs> there is a couple little parts on that puppy that are just really good like uh i've watered down the pain till the well went dry i really like that You can see how this is, it kind of just. It's the most honest vocal performance, I think, too. Fluid. Oh, on that track? Yeah. I think vocally it's, it's, it's his strongest emotionally, I would say. And maybe that's like the rest of it. It's, it's hard because I I do feel like it's a pretty poppy album for Mm -hmm. being a rock. Yeah. It's a rock record, but it's poppy. I don't even, I mean, I've seen this, this is where the genre classifying of things gets so crazy. And maybe I just don't know this band's other work, but I've seen this in like metal track listings which doesn't make any goddamn sense to me. No, it's too, it's but, too, uh, um, bubblegum. Yeah. But maybe this is kind of like a veil of Maya case where they may, maybe they were heavier on the older ones and this one got a little different, but, <clears throat> um, but there's like, there were points in the beginning when I started breaking down lyrically, like the word supraliminal. <laughs> it's made up did you even know what that fucking word no, meant there was a there this was is more where than... the doctorate's coming out this is where i'm learning shit i'm not sure he's he's superliminal che- is a word it is yeah i thought he was cheating at scrabble nope motherfucker at the speed, he says uh i i didn't get the exact lyric but in the song otherworldly he talks about it being at the speed of light and beauty superliminal which means existing above the threshold of our consciousness or it's adequate to evoke a response or induce a sensation. So the subliminal okay. are things that happen without us really acknowledging no conscious awareness the of it. Superliminal are the things that are just going to happen so much in our face that we're going to respond to those things. Huh? Like I thought it was made the fuck up, right? There we go again. Little words. did I know. Yeah. This guy might be the smartest faux hawk owner. The smartest faux hawk wear ever. Where, yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> this guy takes the cake. Who would have thunk? Um, and then there was uh, notice it or references to the word uh, cerulean in Earthrise. Cerulean. Cerulean. And do you have the definition of that? Yes. Well, it caught my, my mind because cerulean uh, painting... There's a paint called cerulean blue, and that's exactly what it is. The word cerulean means like a deep blue color that's often referred to when talking about uh, like a clear blue sky. Okay. Like the deepest part, the deepest, darkest part of a clear blue sky is a cerulean blue. It's like one of the purest blues. Cerulean pouring in from 
cerulean pouring in from your eyes. So like a deep blue pouring in from. So it's cool. just like a yeah. And when I hear clips of it, like as you as panning it into right now, it's mm-hmm. like I like that. I like the way his voice sounds. I like the melody. I like I like everything about it. Mm-hmm. But then at some point in every song, something happens that's like a total turnoff. I don't know what it. Yeah. I don't know. It's like I'm dating a like a blonde chick, but I'm into brunettes. You know, like <laughs> I know this blonde's pretty hot, but she's just not my type. <laughs> it's all good, but I just yeah, it's, yeah. It's such a bizarre feeling because I, I that is really good, and that, I mean to throw a word in that, and it doesn't sound weird when he says it. It actually fits. Yeah, it's cool. I think that's probably a testament to just the the musicianship, I guess you would say. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how many people end up touring with this band. How many, how, how many, uh, let me look at how many streamers they have, you know, or, uh, Spotify streams. They have 2,349,786 monthly listeners on that's Spotify. Monthly. That's a lot. That's up there yeah. with, uh, <clears throat> like popular bands. Yeah. I mean, they're, which tells me like, and, and I could see how this is, uh, bridging gaps. For sure. You know, a lot of genres are going to like this stuff. There's one song that actually gets a little genty, and I thought. Yes, there is a genty that. song which, in here. Which one was it? Leaving This World Behind. Oh, is that the one? Um, there's a little gent section here. Yeah, 219. That's what At I got in my notes, to too. 232. Did we just become best friends? Probably. Do you like guacamole? <laughs> You know, I do, but I don't <laughs> I really like avocados. That's so that's weird. interesting, right? You know, you got to have really the right weird. shit with the avocado. Yeah, I mean that. It's like I can hear that top string just rattling away. It, it slaps. Uh huh. And that right there is like you say. That's a, like it's a pop, uh, a pop version of uh, like a periphery thing. Periphery. Thank you. Yeah. I went brain dead for a second. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I mean, I really liked that one. And that goes on for a while too, and it gets even a little chuggier. It was saucy. I one. liked it. Mm-hmm. I liked it. It was super saucy. But yeah, in that one talking about like it's called leaving this world behind it kind of sounds like you're leaving actually leaving the planet if you think like actual literally of what he's saying but following the curvature and all that that he's talking about like fuck i mean this one specifically i mean i bounce around on tracks and this one last night i was i was a little sauced but like waiting because Amanda was streaming and it, so it was like later. So I was a little saucy. I was like, fuck. Do you want to take that opportunity to shout out your wife's Twitch? Oh yeah. She's a, well, I don't know. I, I yeah. <laughs> Riley two underscores grace on underscore Twitch. on Twitch. There is an underscore at the end, I believe, but Riley grace on Twitch. That's my wife. She's streaming and she's having a blast playing zombie games and shit like that and it's fucking great to watch her she's awesome nice she's having a fun time so if you're on twitch do that it's entertaining um but anyway she yeah she was doing that last night and so i was upstairs just hanging out taking notes and stuff and like it maybe it was because every other song is talking about a a relationship where i I (laughs) immediately go to a female right right so it's like following the curvature and all these other things floating around. It's like, is he talking about just like groping this chick or maybe like, is this metaphor? Maybe, he's, is this maybe literal? he's metaphorically talking about just 
having that physical connection with her, like maybe the first time they had sex or remembering like when they're physically with each other and following, following curvature and things like that. Cause as an artist, when you're like, since I've been drawing, um, uh, like if you draw from life, mm-hmm. you got like an actual model drawing from life. It's all about like curvature of the skin and like the little, if they got a dimple or they got a stretch mark or they like how the knee bends and like just weird shit like that. So artistically, these are little things that I think of and, or, you know, subconsciously I'm noticing during our time. You know what I mean? Well, it's fascinating because it's such a unique perspective. Yeah. I wonder if he's there. I wonder if he's like, I mean, he's very possibly just talking about fucking floating around the curvature of the earth and that's whatever. But something tells me there's more to it. Well, you can't be a doctorate and be that fucking well, maybe you can because it's electrical engineering. It's uh, yeah, not like, you, you know, know what engineers so. use for birth control, don't you? <laughs> no. Th- their personalities. Oh, shit. So, that's uh, right. Be careful. <laughs> you just never know. I bet he pulls tail like a motherfucker at these shows, though. I mean, he's a handsome guy, too. Um, You know. When he doesn't have all the black mascara yeah, I, and, and, smeared all and across And I didn't see him dra- uh, makeup up like that. You <laughs> so didn't see him all I, dragged out. When I saw him, he literally like looked like he was in the line to get into a Breaking Benjamin show. Okay. So, yeah. you know, he just looked just like a, a normal just dude. Just a nice hoodie on. Yeah. Just kind of like waiting outside. You know, actually, I'd like to say maybe it wasn't uh, Breaking Benjamin. Maybe it was like uh, Papa Roach. Oh. You know, that's where he was going. No. He Pop. would have to have like, no, Papa Roach got real douchey. Is he a, is he like he looks this? a little douchey? He's got an affliction T-shirt on. He this looks guy? a little douchey underneath his like North Face coat. He's got an affliction T-shirt on. I mean the pictures I saw. I mean maybe I didn't go I didn't go on a deep dive here. Shit. Okay. But you know he seemed a little douchey. Maybe he's not. But I'm gonna ju- judge that I, book by its I cover. I like to think he's not, but maybe he is. Uh, who knows? That's uh, my job on this. Uh, last class note. Again. They're referencing fucking Icarus. Yeah. We have Icarus notes all through music that we listen to. Absolutely. I mean, obviously thrice being the one that pops in my right. head right off the bat. And again, uh, Daedalus and stare at the sun are the two best ways to ever sonically depict that story. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't, I, I don't I know it any other way. I can't think of anyone that's done it better uh, till this point other than those two. But I thought it was an interesting spin that they did because the way he wrote it was, it was just different. Um, again, if you're comparing it specifically to, to thrice. Well, we can compare it to anything. Really, I, I agree with you because there's talks about the, the lyrics saying always the victim. Like he's, he's telling you that this kid's a little shit. Yeah. Like you're not the victim. You, you are making your world like your problems are not everybody else's fault. They're your fucking fault. You know what I mean? So it's almost like an attack on, on Icarus himself, like, or dad being, or somebody down there on the Island, not dad, not, not Daedalus, you know, but just saying like, you fucking little cocky little shit. Like we told you. Right. It's not our fucking fault. Now you're falling. Look, look what happens when you fucking do all this shit. It was like a real modern take on a, on the Greek mythology. Right. I mean, it's like, <laughs> it, it felt like a modern day story of just a shitty kid right that was yeah. your your neighbor's kid <laughs> yeah he's always kicking the soccer ball into your yard and you tell him i'm gonna fucking pop that soccer ball right <laughs> it, it was, one day it, he comes out and the soccer ball is flat and you're like bitch i fucking told you yeah what's up <laughs> don't fuck with us don't fuck with us this is the wrong hood bro yeah this is, this is wrong claire you don't come around here after 7 30 bitch you better drive fast this ain't fucking latent <laughs> <laughs>
It's all good, motherfucker. It's a good song, though. I mean, it's it's got some catchy... I just like that little... I don't know what you call it. It's not a bridge. Yeah, whatever it is. Whatever it is. Devolution? Devolution? Or the devolution? That one, I saw a lot of... When I was lyrically breaking down, a lot of like... Uh, parallels to some of the ideas that were in Radical too. Interesting. In the whole album of Radical where it's just like yeah, the aspect no, no, no. of like us as a species being... It was like planet shit. Yeah, just being starting to regress or like move backwards. We've we've reached a point where we're starting to just eat from the, like they says, eat from the paw, um, do what we're told. Somehow we're in this illusion that by doing that uh we're still doing it making our choice <laughs> right like I'm i have my free will even though i'm doing you know. yeah my independence is le- allowing me to have my tiktok account and i can say whatever the fuck i want but it's on the fucking tiktok account asshole like it's all under their fucking guidelines dipshit like <laughs> you're not actually having a voice here you know what i mean you're only allowed to say what they're allowing you to say um, and by doing that, we're getting this like de-evolution of a species where the technology's peaked us to where we're convinced ourselves we're we're moving and we're not. But and it gets real screamy at the end on the four like the it four does. minute mark. And I've got that at yeah three fifty eight. I liked let's uh, let's all spoon feed our own delusions. Yeah, and bargain Darwin. I yeah. like that too. He says it's, a bargain Darwin. It's like the most. I don't want to say like backhanded fuck you, but because it's not backhanded at all, but it's almost the most like smooth, sparkly way to punch somebody in the face and call them a piece of shit. Like spoon feed your own delusions, yeah. you fat piece of shit, <laughs> you know, <laughs> or something. I don't know what he's saying, but god like damn. I just read it and was like, oh god, throw some body shaming right. in there just to <laughs> the scream though at the uh, the end is pretty pretty solid. I mean, that's pretty solid mm-hmm. and it's nice to see that on my end i mean i like to see the vocals let loose like that and kind of throw the laws of being a proper singer to the wind and just fucking get after it yeah so it's nice to see that this guy is doing that there's no uh you know denying the emotion when you just kind of scream no that's how i always see it and especially to people that don't like you know music with screaming growling whatever you want to call it mm-hmm I'm like, how else do you know his emotion? Right. If he's not and you can bursting tell, my eardrums. And you can tell a good scream from a bad scream. And There's the bad screams are like they're doing it because that's what the the, the genre calls for or what the, the fans want to hear. But like on something like that, he's he's fucking letting it go. It's good shit. He really did. He let it eat. All all in all, the my my general consensus of this is i think if i was a member in this band it would be fucking awesome to play these songs agreed like dark 
there's fucking planets spinning. You're in this vibe. Like, it takes you to this place every single night. You're literally in space. Fuck, dude. Yeah. No matter what he's singing about, it's kind of one of those things where lyrically not deep at all, but the execution of everything, cool. It's it, super cool. And and it comes down to them actually being good musicians. You can yeah. clearly tell, like, there's some bands that I like and they're bad musicians. <laughs> You know what I mean? I mean, yeah. you like it, but yeah. you know they suck. Yeah. They're just not that good. It's just for it's whatever just, reason, it hits you in the right spot and it works. Mm-hmm. These guys are kind of the opposite of that, where I think right. I respect what they're doing. I really do. It's just, uh, it's just, it's good music. Yeah. It's just not, uh, just uh, not something you're going to put on all the no, time. No, it's yeah. just, yeah, it just doesn't hit that spot for me. And yeah. it might in two years. That's music for you. Yeah. Cause, you know, some shit you listen to that you haven't in a while, you're like, what the fuck was going on in my life? Right. What was happening? Paramore. <laughs> that was one of them. We'll get to that next next episode. Okay. <laughs> no? I didn't make it, by the way. I have to pee. <laughs> so, you didn't make it. I didn't make it. We'll be right back. And we're going to do uh, Finch. Booyah. Ryan Pete, he's back. Oh, God. I'm back. Got an overactive prostate, or is it an underactive no, prostate? I, I think it's working really well. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check it later. Throw a pinky you know. up there and let us yeah. So, moving on to our second album. Which is clearly the winner because this is a competition. Mm-hmm. Finch, what it is the, the most whatevers? The most whatevers on my scale today of Patty Wink's points. <laughs> this one gets all the points. Okay, but uh, 2002. I was 20 years old. Uh, I think Fuck, you, you were 20, 1920. Was... We're the same age, aren't we? Yeah, I was 19. 2002. Yeah, I was 19. Yeah, so, I mean, that was a really, the post-hardcore emo screamo, that was like the... The birth of it. Birth of it right there, yeah. And yeah. I think that they are definitely, Finch is a, uh, an important band in that genre. Yeah. At least for the music I was listening to revolved around it pretty heavily. Definitely. Surprisingly, though, too, like, they did two more albums or so after this, right? Two more. Mm-hmm. And I, then they have a live I album. St- I didn't stick with them after this I didn't one, either. And I don't know... I think they lost their luster a little. I think they were like kind of maybe a trailblazer, if you will. And that might be yeah. a little presumptuous to say that, but I think they came, they set part of the scene, and then they just faded I away. Even, I don't even know if that's pre- too presumptuous to say because there's something about this band, and I was telling Amanda this earlier, but like uh, for the last two weeks, I've been actually trying to figure this fucking thing out. <laughs> And I don't know, because I, I've always loved this album. The sound of this album, just everything about it. But I don't know what it is that makes this one so much better than the other shit that was coming out at that time. Yeah. And it's, or for some reason, like, I turn this on and I'm just like, man, they, there's something about, like, how they're arranging it, maybe how he's singing to these choruses. There's times when I, I swear to God, there's, like, two guitars. How many guitarists are there? There's only one. Yeah, there right? is only one, I think. It's, yeah, and maybe it's just how they recorded it or whatever, but um, it just feels like there was so much more going on in this album for some reason. And I, I've always appreciated it. And every time I listen to it, it's like, yeah, that's that fucking itch. And there was few other bands in this genre at the time that I think, I mean, for me personally, like, through this whole genre period that 
hit these little things. There was like poison. The well did it for, did it for me. And like, uh, from autumn to ashes did it for me a little yeah. bit, but like, other than that, I don't, I, I can't put my finger on what it is because lyrically it's no, not it. There's nothing there. It's, it's, I mean, I mean, well, it was a really long love song, the whole album or breakup song, love song, yeah, breakup song. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing is that mm-hmm. it's like Bayside, but heavy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and a little and, less murderous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He doesn't talk about chopping off heads in this one or anything. Uh, I mean, I do like, like the song we opened with project mayhem. That's the straight reference to the fight club right thing uh tyler durden's thing and that song that song alone is probably the one that gives me the most anxiety not because of how fast it is because i like fast music but that in like it's like the middle ending part something it's just like continuously this pitch of god it kind of makes me like which part is it this part when he's doing this? Yeah. I was a bitch. And it goes on for excessively a long time. Yeah. You know, it's not even really good musically, I wouldn't say, but it's it evokes an emotion clearly. It does. And that's I'm assuming what they were going for there. For sure. Makes me want to fight. And I mean, speaking of fight club, I mean rest in peace, bitch tits. Yeah. Meatloaf's gone. He's not with us anymore. It's a fucking bummer. Yeah. It's too bad. But, uh, Bob. <laughs> Bob's gone too. Bob had bitch tits. Everybody. Everybody. <laughs> he did. Damn he did. it. Um, I don't know about you, uh, but this is also incredibly nostalgic at this point. So you're saying it hits your spot, you know, like when yeah, you listen to it then, but it now it's more of a nostalgia on top of that because clearly it hit my spot too. Mm hmm that it became so, such an important album at that time. Yeah. And for me, especially, I was 20 uh, in the military, had just moved to Utah. Mm-hmm. I just, I got here in May, 02, I think. No, I didn't get here till 03. Anyway, right around that time. It's in your travels. Yeah, and it was a, yeah. obviously a very, you know, it's your early adulthood, and then I'm in the military. I moved to a new, from New York to Utah, and it's just one of the, some of the best times of my life were that period of time, but also... There's a lot of chaos. Yeah. So it's just fun to listen to it because I can yeah. I can transport right back in time to those days. And mm-hmm. they're fun. We had a lot of fun back then. A lot of partying, a lot of... And they have a way of getting those, like the breakdowns in that, or the, the song will slow down and it breaks in really good. Like the New Beginning song, that first track, the two minute and 58 second mark. He yells, what's left for me? That fucking, that part gets me every time, too. Let me cue that up for you. Yeah. It's worth re-listening to the whole thing. Just over that? (laughs) I mean. (laughs) It's sounds like it's produced really well too i can hear all yeah. the parts really well it's just the sound of i mean for me it's the sound of when music got good for me yeah you know there's you go going through stages in, of what you've listened to and that was when i like really started to listen to heavier stuff 
I mean, I was listening to like more. I mean, In excess. Yeah. You know, episode <laughs> one. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But it was just, it's just, yeah. I mean, that's just, I don't know how to explain it. it it's hard to go back and kind of break down or analyze an album like this because it's just a time and a feeling and, mm-hmm. and it's hard to like look at it much more than that. Yeah. So, I mean, there was a part of me when I was going through this and suggested it for this, this episode where I was like, I don't know if I should have done that because <laughs> I don't really <laughs> want to dive deep. I just want to hear it and feel what I feel and remember what I felt then. And yeah, and it wasn't all good and you know, like anything it was, there was bad times and good times, but this one was heavily revolved on my, playlist at that time in my life well and i think it's good to um look at these albums through this at least this podcast through this idea to see like did i miss something there i think that's what like music helps us do it kind of helps us look back on where we were or what what might have triggered us back then or, or helped us through something and to help you know more about yourself now but this one is yeah it's for me it's just the sound it's just how they were like putting all these things together well um postscript that was like i think one of their fucking singles off this one or everybody loved the postscript song i heard that everywhere it says we'll wait forever and see how close we get this is super emo line right but (laughs) it's just that type of thing man the intro of that song's pretty fun. Yeah. It's just classic. You know this album. Yeah, I mean, every time I hear that, you know, it just takes you right back. It's just classic. Mm-hmm. And it's like a classic. That's that's my classic rock of my generation, of our generation. Is, know. um... The song Stay With Me, is that about another fucking car crash? Did every band in this genre have a car crash song? Uh, I've never heard that. He, I don't know he mentions uh, hands against the wheel, head against, or her hands against the wheel, head against the glass. Uh, I thought Something it was like, like just... Uh, just sitting in the car thinking about shit? Or? I thought it was just more like, again, just relationship shit. I thought I don't know if it, it was Maybe just painting. Maybe I just took it too too specifically. I though. think he's just painting the picture of the scene, but I don't. I didn't see. I didn't see it as an accident, but I don't know. And maybe it was, but I didn't I go too deep on like really analyzing the lyrics because as I did, I, I was, was ruining it for me. It was kind of <laughs> you're just like, nope, this is pure gold. I kind of checked out at this some point. This is pure gold, and it is perfect the way it is. There's yeah. been some other uh, podcasts, some albums I've reviewed where I've done really due diligence there, but this one yeah. I was like, I'm not fucking this up for me. I'm not fucking it up. I know it. It's good. Just going to listen to it, and that's it. And it's great. No more, no less. Um so I already told you this story, but I would, I, I want to share it real quick too, mm-hmm. um, about this album. So this is, I, uh, like I said, I moved from New York to Utah. I was in the military and this, these guys were obviously a pretty cool band to me. Um, I was married to my first wife at the time who had a friend she worked with that she met and, uh, her boyfriend was in a band and they were opening for Finch and he used to play with Nate in a, in a band prior to finch coming out and i was like oh, that's that probably was probably how they made the connection to tour to open yeah, with them because they yeah. knew each other from playing prior to finch yeah. being a band so i was obviously super pumped you know because mm-hmm. there's nothing cooler than that so we, we went yeah. to the finch show at uh in the venue 
Yeah. And Recover and Counterfeit. I don't know if you ever listened to those guys. No. Take those for a spin. <laughs> okay. Pretty fun. And I was a, a Recover fan at the time, so that was even better. Okay. But uh, long story short, it was a great show. Um, for whatever reason, I was just exhausted after the show. and uh, But the band was like literally in a van and... They had nowhere to sleep, so we we're like, "Yeah, come to our house in Roy." And they crashed at our house, but uh, I was unconscious, so I missed the. So you missed the, the whole party. The name with of the Finch band in the house. It, well, Finch didn't come. Let me oh, rephrase. Okay. Sorry, uh, my wife's friend's boyfriend at the time. They're married right. now. His band called Beta Factor. Okay, crashed. Beta Factor. Beta crash. Factor that opened for Finch crashed at our house in Roy, and uh, they left me a CD. Uh, they they were gone real early in the morning, and they left a CD, and I had yeah. it. And then the divorce, I lost that, but. Uh, I couldn't remember the name of the band, so long story short, I'm not friends with those people anymore. I <laughs> Facebook stalked uh, Matt was his name, and I sent him a message, and I was like, hey, I don't know if you know me from fucking 20 years ago, <laughs> but uh, hey, uh, yada, 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 and he's like, oh, dude, I remember you. To, you know, The band was Beta Factor, and talked back and forth a little bit, and that was the end of that conversation, but that was my- And Beta Factor's not doing anything anymore? No. no. He's still a musician, and he's done a lot of- stuff he's a guitarist and he's one of those lifer guys in the music scene where like they end up being a roadie or a guitar tech or a light guy or a sound guy or in the band or i'd be curious to know bus or like i mean there's there's those guys you know they get in the scene and they just never come out of the scene and they end up knowing everything about the scene i'd be i'd be curious to find out you know and i obviously he lived in california and this girl was friends with us and my wife at the time so i knew her fairly well but mm. he he lived out of state and he was a touring musician at the time so right. i never got to really know him mm. and then i got divorced and you know sheree was her name she moved back to california they got married and i, right. I haven't seen her in 15 plus not nah, probably close to 18 years yeah. but uh she's like a massage therapist i don't think he's hardcore like you know from the little facebook stuff it seems like he's a musician but right not like uh trying to live his past youth kind of one yeah <laughs> so it's interesting but. where those those lives go it, it's it's uh experiences like that though that really put you know they bridge the gap and and i feel like i've been um i've been lucky in what i do that i've i've known a lot of musicians who have toured or you know toured with some really big names or just you know been in that scene and in that life and been on the road and um it was something i looked up to so much before um before you know tattooing that now talking to these guys it's cool to see that just like that like they were in a band right now they're you know they were in a van they had no place to stay and it, it's got a romance to it when you're younger you know but then when you get older and you realize like well fuck i've been in a van with no place to to sleep too you know, while traveling. So I've been there. Like <laughs> right. These are really just like real people doing a job and their job is to perform. That's just all there is to it. And like, the fact that we set these people on this super high level. It's romantic um, to think of it that way. It you is. Romanticize it. You romanticize and that's what makes it special to things. And that's kind of what makes pop music so ridiculous to me. Like these people aren't even writing this fucking music. No, like and it, job, ruined, it ruins it for yeah, me. Yeah, their job is literally to go out and read these things that somebody else has created and just shake their ass while they do it. Now, don't get me wrong. I like watching somebody shake their ass. But Huge fan. you don't have to fuck it. Like, I don't have to give you credit for the music, <laughs> you know? 100%. Like, um, but... Now, 
you had tattooed a band on their tour bus, didn't you? Yes, yes. Asking Alexandria. Yeah. yeah. I tattooed Danny and uh, the fucking Ben, the other guitarist. Badass. Yeah. It was it was fun. Did um, you do any coke off hookers or anything like that? No. Was there any of and like Tom Foley? That was another thing, uh, but I think it was simply because it was the tour stop after Vegas, they were all super fucking. <laughs> if anything, they were you sipping, got them on the off day. Yeah, they were sipping on white Zin, you know, <laughs> trying to fucking level out from the night before. And uh, yeah, it, it was pretty cool. Those guys being from across the pond, like they get after each other, calling each other fucking wankers and cunts and stuff like that. And you know, you always hear that in conversation as a joke. You think like. Oh, that's funny if they and I was sitting there like, "Fuck, you guys are actually doing." I'm, I'm just witnessing it. <laughs> like you're not even doing it because you know I'm here, right? He, he straight this up is real. He straight up called you a Southside cunt. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, like, really, we don't. We need to utilize the term "cunt" more right. as Americans. I mean, that's the funnest fucking word they have that they use. Right. Like, I don't think it's bad, but, but yeah, I mean, this, this fucking bus brought marble fucking countertops and just like three fucking flat screen TVs, a whole big room in the back that I was tattooing in and. Yeah, it was. And then it, your car got towed? Or did yeah, you get a ticket? My car got towed. <laughs> so did Kim's. That's awesome. And I got his car out for him. And you still owe me money, bud. Yeah, Kim, if you're listening, <laughs> pay Ryan his money. Anyway, um, it, that was interesting, though, too, looking back on that, because the the times, you know, we'd take a break and go out and smoke cigarettes. And I was down there by like one o'clock in the afternoon tattooing him. Uh, by five o'clock, the show's not starting till seven. But by five, there's people lined up like all the way down that sidewalk and around the because it was at, at in the in the venue, in right? The venue, in Salt yeah, Lake. all the way down and around. Um, and we would just go out to smoke cigarette, but no one knew who the fuck I was. And to be honest, a lot of those people don't know who the fuck the band members are. They right. just see people crawl out of the van or the bus, and they think they're part of the part of the band. So Ben and I'd be out having a cigarette or something, and they were just like, "Oh, I could just." feel that energy right. you know what i mean I, I remember thinking like well that's kind of cool like i can feel all these eyes on me and like after the third cigarette it was like fuck dude go away i can't imagine <laughs> what you guys actually deal with and this is a down day like what happens when you know the line's actually closer to where the bus is parked right. and they're actually able to yell at you or talk to you or whatever you know like fame sounds horrific i mean i've, I've yeah. felt that way for a long time i mean who would want to yeah i mean really when you boil it down there's a reason, like you know, you know, they go insane. They Britney Spears and right do all that wacky and shit. And I think it's uh, it, it makes that that time on the stage just so much more special. I think though, because that's why they're there. That's what they're doing. That's what everyone wants to see. But for them also, like they know that's what they're there to see, and they know they're not going to get fucking swarmed. Right. They got security around them. They're right. in a safe place. The stage is like a safe place, but all eyes are on you, but that's what you want, right? Because you're a performer. So it's a, it's a really cool place to be, but it's also cool to see the reality of things and see them grow up to be plumbers if the band doesn't <laughs> make it. Or, um, you know, I listened to a podcast with a guy who's a he's a commercial plumber right now, and he was in, um, uh, son of a bitch, I'm talking about it right now, and his name's Dewey. Um his podcast called the Peer Pleasure Podcast. Everyone should give it a listen to if you haven't. He's an amazing uh, conversator. He talks really well with everybody. Um, and the ghost, ghost, so ghost, son of a bitch. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Dewey. <laughs> My bad. Um, yeah, I'm drawing a fucking blank. Anyway, 
uh, yeah, he's commercial plumber and has a daughter now and he's just living it. And it's fucking rad to see, but to hear him talk to all these other, other guys about the scene, he, you know, they came through and I'm sure Finch, well, I don't know if Finch did a boom bus show, but they were on the level that probably would have done a boom bus show. Yeah. If they, they were, I, they had the to be boom before they were at, in the venue. Right. I mean, yeah, they, they didn't had just to go straight to that. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think, but you know, now where the hell, you know, are they? Uh, and they know. kind of faded, like you said, they earlier, they faded out pretty quick. I mean, they yeah. did put two more albums out, but, uh, which makes these one, like these specific albums that are just hit it so good. They make them special for me. Kind of like a candle, just like the E-Tid thing. Burnout be done. Yeah. It's awesome. I'm going to love it the way it is. Here's another interesting thought about Temecula, California. Okay. There's, <laughs> there's random. A, well, they're from Temecula. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, I should have prefaced that. that. Yeah. <laughs> Just want to talk about Temecula. Yeah. Anyway, about statement. this fucking shit hole. Anyways. I feel like there uh, was a lot of similar music coming out of there, which I guess isn't really bizarre. That probably happens a lot. Like Seattle had the grunge scene, but mm-hmm. um, thrice, I think was out of that general area. I don't huh. know if it was Temecula specifically, but that area of California, and of course, like usual, I have no facts to back up my statement here, but I know that there's a lot of similar post-hardcore, screamo, this era, early 2000 bands that came out of the Temecula area. Yeah. Um, I wish I could quote more, but I can't. But trust me, I'm not making this up. <laughs> Just think it's interesting that Temecula, of all places. Well, I mean, that's kind of gets me back to the whole fucking Atlanta, Georgia. Right. How many bands have we talked about from Atlanta, Georgia, randomly? Yeah. From Georgia here. It's 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 interesting because there are these kind of epicenters. And then, like, only a few bands come out of relatively large areas. Like, for me, being from Buffalo, we got Goo Goo Dolls, Every Time I Die, and Rick James. That's all we got. All of them are gold, though. Yeah. Like, I mean, none of them are shit. We're not but, putting but out any half All three shit. of those are fucking pure gold. <laughs> you got Rick James, <laughs> motherfucker. You can thank us. You also got chicken wings. So, yeah. be thankful. I mean, I like Buffalo from all four of those reasons. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's not a bad place other than being terribly bitter cold most of the time. Other than that, it's great. But uh, uh, Anatomy of a Ghost, by the way. That was the band? That's the band. He's a plumber now. Yes. Now he does an anatomy was, of a toilet. His name was Dewey. He, I think he played guitar or something. Anyway. Yeah. So uh, let me throw a couple music samples. Uh, New Beginnings. Uh, bass he, drum in that one in the beginning fucking gets me all the time. It's it's dialed in perfectly. I like I that kind of like atmospheric. I don't know. Whatever this guitar is. I just like it. I don't know. It's a great intro. It brings you in. Deftones kind of vibe-ish. Never really thought that, but yeah. Guess it wasn't like right here, but I just like how that just solid. that hits. It kicks good. It's He's good. got a really it's good mixed really well. A really good scream later on in this one too. I just like those early 2000s, like, not polished scream. Just, mm-hmm. like, that can't be good on your throat. No. That's one of those screams that's, like, real. 
that you yeah. can only do for a couple of years and Bleed then you're going to lose your voice. Yeah. But uh, I do, I, I, I kind of, that guitar at the beginning, beginning does kind of, there's some Deftones-ish things and I think it's just it makes the, me wonder the era. too if it was a, like, if that was Deftones after that though. Because that White Pony was around that time but, and they were getting a little kind of spacey at that point but, I mean that seems almost more like, like Saturday Night Wrist type thing or something that okay. might have been after this. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, I don't either. I'm trying to think. White Pony was, was late '90s, early yeah. 2001, maybe. I think. Yeah, because I had anyway. That. that I mean, that pedal was going around. I think it. Well, a lot of times you just end up like saying it's this person because they just made it. The they made it the furthest. Right. <laughs> you know? That's the they one didn't that invent stuck it. Out, they, no. just, they just. They uh, just. I'm sure Zach Wild was using something that a ton of other people have used up until that right. point. You know, but he it's always the it. Zach Wild guitar. Yeah. That's what it is to me. That's what the squeal is. Um, perfection through silence. Um, senses fails, and you can't tell me otherwise. <laughs> and you can't tell me otherwise. Period. This is my opinion, and it's right. I mean that right there. I'm like, it's just senses fails to me. It's yeah. just funny, and I, I don't. I never put that together until again when you're making notes, you start thinking more than you would normally. Yeah. But I'm like, yeah. If that played and I didn't know it was Finch, I could just probably, if I had to guess with ten seconds, Sam, I'd be like, oh, that's fucking senses fails. Mm. Which is another great band that I love from this period. Side note, which this will be fun for everybody <laughs> listening. Uh, that you might be interested in too. I bought tickets for a throwback show for Amanda and I. Okay. So Amanda and I will be going to, I think it's July 23rd or something like that in the lot of the complex, just the parking lot. What? Yeah. They set up a stage like in the parking lot and they do it outside. It's rise against the used and senses fail. Ooh. Yeah. We're just, I'm going to do it just to go back and see the, the used boys uh, oh in yeah town you know what i mean just now, for do you want to tell your bert story i don't think we've told your bert, uh, bert story. you owe me fucking five bucks buddy <laughs> ryan when bert was was he going to try out or he just joined the youth? i don't i don't have any idea but um, you just you met oh i'll let you tell it he yeah. just i i was i was i was actually working at uh, my mom's insurance office down there doing a file clerk thing it's the most miserable job i ever did <laughs> Uh, for a little while, but anyway, there was those two malls downtown. Forget the names of them. Uh, but, ZCMI. Yeah, the ZCMI mall, and then the the one right across the way. I can't remember Gallum? what it was called. G- G- I don't know. I don't Something. know Salt Lake well, that well. But anyway, the tracks when the tracks first went in, it went right between the two. So you'd have to walk across like from one to the other one to get to the cooler food court for okay. lunch. You know, yeah. whatever. So anyway, I remember walking across and. Uh, a guy stopped me, asked for some money. He was cool shit. Like we just bullshit for a minute and asked for five bucks. I ended up giving him five bucks, um, for lunch, you know, <laughs> and went on my way and sure shit. Like a couple months later, I'm in hot topic buying a fucking studded belt or whatever the fuck I was doing. And I look awesome. up on the thing and there's old boy Bert screaming McCracken. like letters from a box or a box full of sharp objects or whatever the fuck it was. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? is this and the, 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 guy, the guy behind the counter was like what you don't know the use they're like the biggest thing that came out of utah fucking ever and i was like well i didn't but i i know that guy he owes me five bucks <laughs> like, <laughs> or whatever uh, so yeah yeah somebody told me he would just kind of hang out downtown and 
get some money and get his fix and then go down to practice in Orem. Like take the tracks down as far as it'll go and interesting. Whatever. Either way. I we're, hear he's a real dickhead. Yeah? Yeah. I've heard a lot of bad things about Burt McCracken. Huh. Well, I mean I guess you can hear a lot of bad things about anybody who's famous. Yeah, there's, everybody's going to talk shit about somebody who's famous, and especially if you had an addiction, I'm sure you did some things that you probably aren't like, True. proud of Right. back then. doesn't make it right, but it is, it is what it is. And But I like the used. Uh, me too. I was a huge fan. I mean, when that... Yeah, I'm, when, s- I'm really excited for that show. Yeah. Uh, now, Rise Against, again, I know we're derailing here a little bit. But, yeah, we are. But this is what I think this review of this album is about. It's less about the content of the music because you can go listen to it. It's more about the 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 side shit that comes with it, the memories and, and all that the, shit. The fact that this band brought this scene in super well, right? Like this this album, I think is a is super solid for anybody who liked this scene. You're gonna like this album either way for sure. Yeah, and the used was a huge thing, and the sense senses fails was huge for me. That was like probably bigger than Finch. Huh. For me personally. Wow. Okay. But Rise Against is an interesting one. Because Rise Against just put out a new newer album. Because I've heard this track on the radio. Okay. And it's fucking god awful. Yeah. I'm not I'm not big on Rise Against personally. <sighs> I liked them back in the day, but when you got a forty something year old singing about we're the youth, you know, like we're the oppressed right. and he's singing this song, this new track, and I'm thinking like, dude, you gotta get some new material. Mm-hmm. Don't ruin Yeah, there's only don't ruin it. The, 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 yeah, level of honesty and personality. The, I, I realize you're writing for a genre or a specific demographic, but we want to hear what's personally up with you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's not authentic if you're, like, you can't yeah. be 40. And, and I, I believe that that song, the life on a, on a swing or whatever. Yeah, swing life one, away. Swing life, like that, that one hit. Yeah. A different way when it came out, and good job. That was know? like, hey there, Delilah. That, I that mean, that was first, like an, a viral. Yeah, that first Rise head. Against album was was really good, and I enjoyed it. But uh, I think the there's a level where there's a limit where the the politics and the reality of what music and people making music can do um, starts to blur the line of what the music is for you. And for me, I think it was that second Rise Against tour. I went to go see Bad Religion. They were opening for Rise Against. Nice. Or, yeah, Bad Religion was opening for Rise Against. So I went to see Bad Religion. Um, And while I'm waiting in line, with all intention to see Bad Religion and go home, I was bothered three times by somebody from PETA asking me to sign up for this thing be on behalf of rise against for the show because they were being supported by, you know, whatever a sponsored, if you will. Right. You know, which seems kind of ass backwards to me, but whatever. So that kind of, that, that killed it for me. You know, like, uh, I realize this is a business. I realize you got to make your money, but bad religion for me is always, but they've had a message and it's been like pure the whole time. But I've never seen PETA or any like anti-war groups or anti, you know, political groups marching around trying to get petitions and sign a thing for them before right. a show. You know, it's it's been more punk rock than that. And that's that's what I appreciated about it. But anyway, on that note, yeah, the, Rise Against is is whatever. 
they're not a bad band. You can like them if you like them, whatever. I'll but just I'm I'll going just to see to the like, used. Yeah, well, I, I have absolutely. Yeah, and senses fails. I've never seen senses fails. So I've never seen them live either. They were huge for me as far as an album of music, but I never saw them. Well, if you guys want to get drunk in July, we'll be down there. Good ass idea. Yeah. On that same note with Bad Religion, though, I saw them with Blink One Eighty Two. It was probably like two thousand. And that was very bizarre because I wasn't a be- I went I'd heard of Bad Religion, but I never listened to it. And then there was like all these old punk rocker dudes there at a Blink One Eighty Two show to see Bad Religion, <laughs> right? <laughs> and I'm just this totally down the middle, straight laced, you know, eighteen, nineteen year old white kid, and I was right. just like, this is weird. Kind of a weird division. Yeah, I'm it's like, like wh- angry, like teenage kids jerking off in their closet with a bunch of old angry politically charged punk rock dudes. Yeah, it was bizarre. Leather and I remember jackets. watching in Bad Religion being like, oh, this is good as fuck, but yeah. it was just a bizarre... <laughs> it's a weird it was at Darien Lake, which is now a Six Flags in, in the oh, Buffalo shit. area, but it was used to be called Darien Lake, <laughs> wow. and it was an outdoor show. It was bizarre. Just a fun memory. But uh, anyway, b- back to wrap up this album and yeah. not just tell all our funny, weird old stories. Um, I don't know. There's really not a whole lot there. I mean, we can play samples. That's most of my notes. But just you could also samples. You yeah. could you could also just go. Uh, you could go listen to it. I do like my note though. I was like another breakup song. <laughs> Ender. <laughs> yeah, the letters to you song, where it's just I want you to know that I miss you. Yeah, I mean, I mean it, that's that's the 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 cor- like cringy email part, right? Yeah, it's pretty bad. So but we all fucking wrote that. Don't well, lie to yourself and tell yourself you never fucking wrote that or never thought it. Man, I just wanted to know that I miss her. <laughs> Come on. Well, dude, I mean, I, I had it the worst. I was like basic training and then uh, I'm in tech school in Texas when I was in the military and yeah. I had the girlfriend at home and oh, it was man. just like, I, I mean, I was gone for probably a total of 10 months and yeah. I mean, as cheese as bad as it could get, <laughs> as bad as you can fucking picture, dude. Eighteen-year-old Patrick, Bayside years old, times just... ten. <laughs> Luckily, at that point, Nokia Brick was getting popular and oh, self, and nice. you could free. You had free nights and weekends, so oh, you could sweet. go plug that puppy in the hallway at the dorm and yeah. go out there and call your girlfriend, baby. When I get home. I'm going to marry you and take you to Utah. It's going to be so nice. We're going to get a white picket fence, (laughs) eat apple pie. (laughs) Turns out it ended up with me divorced and in jail. Well, you know. That's for another podcast. (laughs) Um, So what it is to burn the last track, which is probably their most famous song. Mm -hmm. I kind of like never really understood what what it was about because it's kind of vague in a way. Yeah. Uh, I looked it up. I don't know if you did. Okay. Uh, he said, Nate said that the the track is a concept about a letter written from hell and he finds out everything is not good and he writes to his muse whether that be a guy or a girl. That was his actual okay. quotation from some whatever magazine. I don't know who it was. Way down the road when magazines were still a thing. Yeah, back then. Maybe he wasn't even in it's a It's interesting. Newspaper. Like, well, how would it be if I was down in hell and I actually figured out what it was like and could write a letter back to somebody that was important yeah so you know what it is to burn i guess that makes sense yeah it's an interesting uh because the rest of it's pretty pretty simple <laughs> yeah but the, the that's what i'm talking about from the beginning like what is it about this album that just really gets me but 
We'll never pin it that down. Song, I think it's impossible. That song, What It Is to Burn, it, it's a longer one. Like, it draws out. Right. right? But, God damn. It it's, just hits different, man. It's good shit. I mean, when you hear it, you know it's coming. Mm-hmm. Say burn. And burn. I, I mean, think it, it's that like chord progression, um, staying in the same tempo. Am I using the right words? Well, they're like playing the quarter notes like, consistently. One, two, three, four. One, two, three. But it it goes like this. You know, that's yeah. it gives me that like chuggy vibe, but it flows really nice. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. This is one of those things where if you listen to it and you know what we're talking about, you'll get it. But, but if you don't, we're just talking shit. Right. <laughs> we're just two assholes in headphones. Yeah, that's that's basically it. But well, anyway, so this week we did that. We did the fucking spacey floaty album, and then we did this one that we don't fucking can't pin down. Yeah. I reviewed an album I didn't really like, and then I talked about stories and didn't tell you anything about the <laughs> album I did. So I hope you enjoy that. <laughs> we talked about all the other bands. Right. But that's what this is about. All the other bands will, you you'll get it. Yeah. When you pull this album out and you plug it in, you'll get it. Well, we'll be back in two weeks, so be sure to check out our Instagram and our Facebook. Uh, yeah. We don't spoil what we're gonna have the next episode, so you gotta come find out. Yeah, um, you gotta keep keep track on the on the Instagram. I'm not great at keeping up on that, so sorry and shit. <laughs> we're busy. We both got careers. He's God, got kids. Give us a break for fuck's sakes. Yeah, we're just normal people like Damn you. Damn it. God. Billy did say that that was quite a fucking image that I painted for everybody today on the post, though. Yeah. So on that note, if you don't know, Billy's my wife. Uh, sorry. T- two things. Uh, she did like your Instagram post. Yeah. It was funny. And she also had to listen to uh, your album with me several times. This one? Star set. Oh, yeah. Uh, and she's like, I can't fucking believe he listens to this. Wow. At least six or seven times that has come out of her mouth she in the last two weeks. She doesn't like it either. She was struggling. Man, nobody likes this shit. She told me to turn it off. Wow. More than once. Well, you know, she gets really opinionated on things sometimes. Well, she likes the Beatles. I mean, come on. Oh, yeah. Let's not get crazy. But come yeah, on. she is very, very opinionated. <laughs> she's a tough one. Calm down, Billy. Shit. Damn. <laughs> anyway, well, we'll uh, we'll be back in two weeks. Yeah. We'll catch you then. Remember, just a couple assholes in headphones, everybody. Peace.